Lecture topic. Danger of becoming heedless. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahirrahman al-rahim. وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاةِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَهُ وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا لا يزال لسانك رطبا من ذكر الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected علماء الكرام Brothers and elders <coughs> Extremely important aspect is to keep refreshing our intentions Why have we gathered what is our purpose of speaking, of listening, it requires that we keep refreshing the intentions. Our gathering should not just be for the sake of gathering as some routine and we've said something, we've heard something and that will be then done. But the purpose must be very present in our hearts and minds that our gathering is to Firstly, earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and that inshallah with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala this becomes a means of us becoming concerned about getting closer to Allah Ta'ala and making a change in our lives for the better, making toba from whatever mistakes we may have made, from making a resolution to move forward in our deen. These are the objectives, this, this is the purpose. So the gathering should not just be just some routine, just for the sake of it, but for a very specific purpose. This purpose should be in our minds. The ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited is an ayat of Surah Al-Kahf, which is in the 15th para of the Quran Sharif, and which we should be reciting every Jumu'ah. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned the person who recites Surah Al-Kahf on a Jumu'ah, then Allah Ta'ala will grant him a nur that will extend from his feet all, over, all the way up to the heavens. And this will continue till the next Jumu'ah. One Hadith Sharif states that this will become a means of protection from every fitna. And if in that time, that duration, the Jal appears, it will become a protection from the fitna of the Jal as well. Is an extremely severe fitna. So these are prescriptions given to us by Rasulullah for our protection, for our benefit, and we should be latching onto this. These fadail and virtues that have been mentioned are meant to spur us on, to give us the benefit and to spur us on. So we should be ourselves practicing on it, encouraging others at home especially in the times that we are with the intensity of the fitnas and the manner in which the floods of fitnas are coming. 
So we need to do everything that we can and everything that has been prescribed to us as much as possible that will inshallah become a protection from all these fitnas that are lashing onto the ummah. So we need this more than ever before. So this should become part of our ma'mool and practice on a Jumu'ah. The day of Jumu'ah is a very very great occasion. The heart and mind should be focused towards the ibadat of Jumu'ah before the day of Jumu'ah even arrives. And then all these amal of Jumu'ah, many other amal as well, excessive recitation of Duru Sharif, various other amal that we, inshallah, would be doing, or we can, we would have heard about on other occasions. Among them is the recitation of Surah Al-Kahf. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq that we recite this regularly every Jumu'ah. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَا Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is being commanded, you keep yourself with those and be content with those who call unto their Rabb morning and evening, seeking his pleasure. The Sahaba Ikram, Rasulullah is saying, you be with them, he's being told you be with them. That this will give them further courage, further inspiration, your presence with them will spur them even more. And this is a great reward for them that Allah's Nabi has been asked to come and be with them. What greater bounty could they wish for? That Allah Ta'ala's Nabi is being commanded, you be with these people. And what is the reason that you should content yourself with them? They are engaged in remembering Allah Ta'ala morning and evening. Morning and evening, meaning these are the special times, but when the morning and evening has been covered, in between is covered as well. That especially these times, they are engaged in the remembrance and dedicating themselves to calling towards Allah, calling unto Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and engaging in His remembrance. وَلَا تَعَدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ Nabi Islam is being told, don't let your gaze shift away from them, or overlook them, or bypass them, just keep with them. And then further, Nabi Islam is being told, after one portion of the ayat, تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَا وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا the address is to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but the message and lesson is for his entire ummah. Rasulullah sallallahu was masoom, sinless, and he was akmalul kamilin. He was at the peak of every perfection. So if Rasulullah sallallahu is being addressed in this manner, the message is for the ummah that how much we should be concerned about this. وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا Allah Ta'ala says, don't ever follow in the footsteps of the one whose heart we've made ghafil from our remembrance, who has become heedless and unmindful of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And when his heart became ghafil, when the heart is filled with this ghaflat, then what becomes the consequence of it? Then he starts following his desires. And then he starts exceeding all bounds. 
But the starting point came from ghaflat. And ghaflat comes about as a result of falling into the asbab of ghaflat. Those things that result in ghaflat, this is a system Allah has made, the fire burns. So likewise there are certain asbab that create ghaflat in the heart. Imam Ghazali, there's one statement of his, very, very strong statement. And he says, That the source of all shakawa, wretchedness, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes the situation of Akhirat that there will be two groups only. There will be only two groups. يَوْمَ يَأْتِي لَا تَكَلَّمُ نَفْسٌ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ فَمِنْهُمْ شَقِيُّ وَسَعِيدٌ So on the day of Qiyamah, nobody will be able to say one word except with the permission of Allah Ta'ala. Dunya, a person talks a lot. And dunya, he keeps talking and feels whatever I'll say, I'll get away with. How I can twist and turn things and exaggerate something and just try to pull the wool over people's eyes and do all kinds of things. In dunya, everything seems like it's carrying on. There's no consequences apparently, it seems to us. But the day of Qiyamah will come, nobody will say one word except who Allah Ta'ala permits to speak. And on that day, no lie will work. person cannot say one word that is against the Reality, if he tries to say something, his own limbs will testify against him. So on that day, فَمِنْهُمْ شَقِيُّ وَسَعِيدٌ Allah Ta'ala says there's only two groups. There are those who are shaqi, who are wretched, who are going to be destroyed. And those who are sa'id, who are going to be fortunate, who are going to be the blessed ones. There's no third group. Meaning a person either falls on this side or that side. Either he's on the side of the shaqi or the side of the sa'id. فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ شَقُوا فَفِي النَّارِ لَهُمْ فِيهَا زَفِيرُ وَشَهِيقٌ As for those who are shaqi, who have fallen into this group of wretched ones, they will end up in the fire of Jahannam, shrieking and howling. Allah Ta'ala protect us. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ رَبُّكَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ And then, وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ السُّعِدُ فَفِي الْجَنَّةِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ أَطَاعًا غَيْرَ مَجْزُوزٌ As for those who are سَعِيد, who are fortunate, who are blessed, because they conducted themselves in a way that they earned the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. They turned to Allah Ta'ala in sincerity, they turned to Allah Ta'ala in all earnestness, they made that mujahada, they did not fall into the traps of nafs and shaitan. They kept themselves away from all those temptations. Yes, there were a lot of temptations that tried to grab at them. And it was sometimes as if their, hearts is going to tear, their heart is going to tear. But they made that mujahada. Allah Ta'ala says, سُعِدُوا These people will also be in another place. They'll be in Jannat. Perpetually in Jannat. So this is the distinction. Either a person falls in the group of the shaqi or the sa'id. Now Imam Ghazali is talking about the same shaqi from those 
who have shakawa in them. This wretchedness, this evil, the source of destruction. And he says, what is the root of this destruction and this, this shakawat and wretchedness? Where does this come from? What puts a person into that group? What takes him in that direction? So he says these are two things. These two things are the source of everything else. All the evils come out from here. The two things are pride and ghaflat, heedlessness. Pride and heedlessness. Now these are all maladies of the heart, very, very severe cancers of the heart. We take it as it comes, one of those things, we hear about it, we read about it, we speak about it, and then we carry on, life carries on. Allah Ta'ala blesses those who, mashallah, they become concerned about their spiritual progress, they become concerned about their Islam, they would go and try and get their lives on track, go and try to get their maladies of the heart sorted out. But otherwise, by and large, we just carry on, life carries on. So Abdullah bin Amr ibn As radiallahu ta'ala an, he once came and he met with Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Perhaps it was these two sahaba. And he said something to him. Others didn't hear what he said. He said something to him and then he went away. And then Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, who most likely it was him, they suddenly see his crying profusely. So now they realize that something that was spoken now, something that was said to him suddenly brought about this reaction. So what was it after all? What was he told that suddenly brought about such a, an effect on him that he is crying profusely in this manner? They came to him and asked him, what's, what's making you cry in this way? Maybe there was some very tragic news given to you. This is not in the Hadith Sharif that will go through a mind of a person that maybe some tragic news was given to him or maybe something is hurting him, some pain. So he says, no, what was told to me was that the Rasulullah sallallahu said that that person cannot enter Jannah who has pride in his heart to the extent of, the, of a mustard seed. I am concerned, do I have this? And will this become my condition that I will end up falling out of being, being restricted from Jannah because of pride within myself? Now, he heard one Hadith Sharif about how dangerous pride is and immediately it took him towards such deep reflection and such deep concern that I am, am I free of this or do I have some element of this pride in my heart and if this is there then Allah forbid this will become my condition Allah forbid then I will also be restricted from Jannah and how can I ever afford that now that became such an overwhelming concern that this overwhelming concern brought him down not just to tears to sobbing now how often we've heard the same Hadith Sharif also we've heard it over and over again but we still feel ourselves to be very free of pride. See, there's one physical ailment. The person who is afflicted with that physical ailment, he never will accept it. Person affected with cancer, Allah forbid, he'll even tell others also, you know, I make dua, Allah ta'ala, give me shifa, I have this cancer, somebody has got some heart, 
problem, somebody has got some other kidney problem, somebody is, whatever other illnesses and ailments somebody is suffering from, you'll find the person, the doctor tells him you have this issue, he is accepting it, he is now wanting to know what's the ilaj, what is the remedy, what's the treatment, and he's being told, well, you'll have to go to hospital perhaps and undergo some surgery, so now he's ready for that. Whatever is now the treatment, the experts are telling him and guiding him, so he's so all other illnesses and ailments, no matter what it might be, the person eventually will accept it. Initially, maybe sometimes he's in a state of denial, can't, can't understand, really, is that what's happening? Then he'll go for a second opinion, sooner or later he accepts it. But they say there's one ailment that person never ever accepts. And that ailment is the ailment of insanity. Tell a person who's insane that you have insanity, then if the doctor, the psychiatrist had to tell him that, that, look, you are suffering from insanity, he'll tell him, you are mad. You're calling me insane. There's one well-known little anecdote, one prime minister of one country, some say it was Pakistan, Allah Alam, as part of some, he went to some place, so the asylum was in that area also, so they took him on an official visit of the asylum. So now as they're walking through, all these people who are in the asylum, the inmates, so somebody asked him, who are you? So he said, well, I'm the prime minister of the country. So that person replied and said, don't worry, you'll also come right. When we came, you were saying the same thing too. So you don't have to worry about anything, after the treatment, you also come right. The person who is insane never will accept something wrong with him. He'll always think the other person is wrong, something wrong with his, him, his head. So just as this happens in the physical side of things, that there is one physical ailment, insanity, that the insane person never accepts. Unfortunately, generally this is the case on the side of pride as well. No person, illa mashallah, is ready to accept that yes, I have an element of pride in me. Forget element of pride, there's a love for good oceans of pride sometimes. But the person, the steeper, deeper he is in pride, the more he will claim to be free of it. But whereas that pride is now the source of all the other evils now taking place. Pride, that pride will lead to zulm. Because he believes he is above everybody. So now anybody seems to be coming in his way, champing his toes, anybody... He will be always disputing with anybody and everybody. Somebody must just say something that he doesn't feel too good about. Somebody must just say something or do something that irritates him in some way. And that person, he has to now just take cover because what not may happen, if not physically, then verbally, what kind of abuse will be hurled, what kind of vulgarity it might be, whether it is in front of his children, he's swearing their mother, whether it is who not, he's sometimes swearing his parents and all kinds of fancy language and flowery language, but all this comes from where that is one very major sin, but it's stemming out of the takabur. That because of this takabur, so now he is high and mighty in his own mind. But in the court of Allah Ta'ala, this makes him completely disgraced and debased. But now this takabur, this is just one thing that we just, this takabur leads to so many sins and so many vices. This is one source of all the problems. Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah is saying that this is one of the root issues of shakawat. And that shakawat leads to a, leads to jahannam. 
the in another further explanation Imam Ghazali further explains that this pride closes the doors of Jannah how this closes the doors of Jannah because the keys to the doors of Jannah are good akhlaq the person who has good akhlaq in his heart he has the love of Allah Ta'ala he has taqwa, he has tawazu he has khashiyat he has generosity, he has compassion, he has kindness, he has all these good qualities and many more in his heart. So now this will take him to righteous a'mal. But the a'mal stem from the akhlaq. So when the akhlaq is in the heart, the righteous qualities and attributes are in the heart, this will translate into righteous actions. And the a'mal become the means to jannad. So he'll get to Jannah to the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, but the vehicle are the amal. Allah Ta'ala has made it such. But the amal will come into being when the right akhlaq is in the heart. And if the right akhlaq is not there, there's the opposite, there's takabbur. There's this haughtiness, this pride, this arrogance. And then this leads to all kinds of other evils. Then this will become a barrier from righteous deeds. And even those righteous deeds that are performed are in severe danger of also being corrupted. A person might be then generous. He's giving something very generously. But Allah forbid because of the pride, that generosity also might be stemming from the pride that he wants to be bigger in the eyes of people. So this will become a means of riyah. The takabur will become a means of riyah. It corrupted his good action too. Why is he doing it? Actually, is doing a very good thing. But it's corrupted because of the intention. And that wrong intention of Riyah stemmed out of that Takabur too. Because he wants to be big in the eyes of people. He wants to maintain a very prominent position in the eyes of people. So all these things must carry on. So this was one aspect, Takabur, there's so much that has been mentioned in the Hadith about the evil of Kibar and pride and arrogance. How severe is the punishment for such a person on the day of Qiyamad? How disgraced such a person will be in the court of Allah Ta'ala? Many details in that regard. But in any case now, the second aspect that is mentioned here, ghaflat. This is what is in the ayat that we just discussed earlier. The ayat of Surah Al-Kahf. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تُطِعْمًا أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبًا This person with his heart filled with ghaflat, don't ever follow him. Why? Now this is the other root of all the shakawat which leads to Jahannam. Zhaflat, we just translate it very lightly, heedlessness, unmindfulness, but how deep it is. Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah, the person of his expertise, his knowledge, his insight, and a person who was an acclaimed authority in this field. All the great ulama of every era, in his time and after, all they testified to this authority that he was. Now he is saying, in the light of all the expertise that he has, and the deep insight, and he's saying, this is the root to all the shakawat. This leads to that wretched life. Ghaflat. 
Now, this is generally, as mentioned, very, very lightly translated heedlessness, unmindfulness. So we just take it for that, well, being unmindful, heedless. But when there's this ghaflat, ghaflat leads to things that, then there's no end to it. First it starts off with ghaflat. For example, ghaflat of the fadail. Now the person has the opportunity to do something that will earn rewards. But, this heedlessness, so what if I didn't, I could have recited subhanallah one time also, I didn't read it, so what? Ghaflat. You could have recited la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah while traveling. Once Rasulullah was returning from one expedition and Abu Musa Ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala an, he is on his conveyance, Nabi Islam overhears him reciting something and he was reciting la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Nabi Islam asked him that, uh, do you know about this? What this is all about? This is kanzum min kunuzil jannah. This is a treasure from the treasures of jannah. Now he was traveling, now during traveling, but he wasn't letting all the time just get wild away. He was engaging himself in some recitation. He was engaging himself in some zikr, in reciting la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, other tasbihat. But now this is a lesson, number one, that they wouldn't waste all the time just in something futile. And never, that was not their way. It would be something constructive. Even if it was some lightheartedness too, it was constructive. And they occupied some of their time, even traveling, in remembering Allah Ta'ala verbally as well. Now, the person had the opportunity, he took use of that opportunity, but if there's ghaflat, then a person will drive for five hours too, it might not, in that five hours, he might not recite one time, subhanallah. And he'll think nothing about it too. So first the ghaflat starts off at that level. And if there's some encouragement, well, it's not fard or wajib now. So now you don't have to make a big deal about it. That's a ghaflat. person becomes ghafil of it. But then when he's ghafil of that level and unmindful, doesn't bother, so what? Then that leads to ghaflat on what is above that. Then he becomes ghafil of even the mustahabbat and then the sunnats. Then he starts becoming ghafil of what's even above that. Then the faraiz are in danger. And then his salah with jama'ah sometimes is must. He doesn't feel anything about it. Why is he not feeling anything about it? Because of ghaflat. He became ghafil of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, ghafil of zikr, ghafil of tasbihat, then ghafil of mustahabbat, and then ghafil of the sunnah. Now salah with jama'ah is wajib on him, is ghafil of that too. Then the salah is getting must sometimes, qaza is happening. But ghaflat. They will make up later, like the qaza. And he's thinking nothing about it. Such a major sin. That in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, nobody would dare, even the munafiq would not dare miss the salah of jama'ah. And the concept in that time was in the literal sense. Man taraka salatan muta'ammidan faqad kafara. One explanation of the muhaddithin, that this in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in its literal sense. Because it was not possible to imagine a mu'min deliberately leaving out a salah. So on that era and time, it was only a disbeliever, so a munafiq, because he had kufr in his heart, that now if he felt Isha now, nobody will notice his absence, so he left it. Otherwise, anybody else, not possible. A mu'min, impossible. Nabi Islam said, the one who deliberately leaves out a salah, 
that he has committed kufr. That was the concept in that zaman. Then the muhaddithin further explained that if he forsook that salah, thinking about it as nothing trivial, that istighfaf and trivializing such a great command of Allah Ta'ala will lead to kufr. But if he just missed it out, but he has that reality in his heart that this is farz, and he's not regarding it as a light thing, then that itself won't be kufr, but it's a very dangerous situation. So in any case, the point is that the ghaflat, it starts off from where, and then it starts moving into the more important aspects. But as it starts becoming ghafil in this direction, the ghaflat then goes in another direction as well. First, he was staying away from even minor sins, meaning making an effort to stay away from it. And if something happened, he was feeling some remorse, he was feeling some sense of shame, some guilt, but then the ghaflat sets in. So then, the minor things, these are all small things, not a, not a problem. Then he starts becoming a little bit more bigger things, and then goes even deeper, then he's blatantly committing haram. Blatantly committing haram, and then even advertising it. Then he's putting it as so-called his status, like as if this has increased his status in the sight of Allah wa ta'ala. This is advertising his sin. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that all of my ummah, they are entitled to forgiveness. They'll be forgiven. If Allah's fazal comes, they'll get forgiven. But mujahirin, except the blatant sinners. So Sahaba asked, who are these mujahirin being referred to? This is the literal meaning we understand, but there's some specific reference here. Nabi Islam said a person sometimes, he spent the night in some sin. But Allah Ta'ala covered it. Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy, Allah Ta'ala concealed it. Because this is Allah Ta'ala's fazal and karam. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. And Allah Ta'ala even conceals. But then he woke up in the morning and he tore open the veil of Allah Ta'ala. He started himself advertising it. And advertising it to who? To the whole world in the electronic age that we are in. Now he put it on his so-called status. What? That how this is how the intermingling was happening in my wedding. Well, this is the kind of music that was being played. And this is the kind of haram that took place. And this is the dancing that was happening. And this is the haram place I was gone to. And this is the haram action that was involved in. And he's advertising all the sin for one and all to become witness to it. Nabi Islam says this is mujahara. This is blatantly displaying sin. This is an extremely dangerous thing. It draws down the wrath of Allah Taala. And this is as a result of that ghaflat. And ghaflat comes to the speak, person thinks nothing about advertising his sin also. And then now every other day he hears something further, says no, now people are confessing about their sins. Confessing about their sins. Confessing to who? You're supposed to confess to Allah Ta'ala in our private moment and beg his forgiveness. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I'm covering it for you, don't do it again. He says, no, no, I have to confess to the whole world. All shaitan's ajeeb, traps and tricks, so that this becomes an environment of evil. Everybody is talking about what somebody else did, and reading about what somebody else did. So somebody who didn't even think about it too, he might also now start thinking in the same direction. And people feel very happy about it, they did something great. This is the ghaflat, and this is the ghaflat that we have been warned about. Nabi Islam has warned about, in the Quran Sharif Allah has warned, 
that look, don't become ghafil. When a person becomes ghafil, becomes ghafil of akhirat, he might know a lot about dunya. As in the Quran, Allah says, يَعْدَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِّنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ غَافِلُونَ They know not a lot about dunya. How to turn the figures, how to take, to land on the moon, and how to run the technology, and all the fancy things. They have a lot of ideas about it. And they are very, very smart in all this. But وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ غَافِلُونَ How to turn the figures of akhirat, increase the rewards of akhirat, how to gain the nearness of Allah wa ta'ala. How to protect oneself from the destruction of akhirat. That wa hum anil akhirat hum So now this ghaflat is an extremely dangerous matter. As we understood from Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi statement. What is the ilaj of this ghaflat? That is the most important thing. So the ilaj of this ghaflat. So in this very ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيقِ Those who are engrossed in remembering Allah Ta'ala. This is the ilaj, one of the most fundamental steps towards the ilaj and the remedy is kasrat zikr excessive remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. One is the general zikr, Whatever opportunity we have, we should be having some dedicated time daily to start off with. Some dedicated time to remember Allah Ta'ala. To be sitting without any distraction. And even if it is a short while, five minutes, seven minutes, Allah gives office for more. But some dedicated time for, with no distraction. To be engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. It includes the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. And then the specific zikr as well, the azkar and the du'as of the morning and evening and day-to-day aspects, eating, drinking, sleeping and entering the masjid, leaving the, to learn these du'as and recite them on the relevant occasions, all this is a step towards getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. But when there's ghaflat, the person will enter the masjid without any du'a, enter the masjid with the left foot also. He will enter the masjid not even making niyat of atikaf, whereas for all that duration that he will be in the masjid, if he was saved from ghaflat, it will take him one moment, one second, two seconds, to make the niyat of atikaf for the duration he is in the masjid. And then that's done. That niyat is made. He is now in that, in, that, that meter is turning for him. But what is required? Just to get the ghaflat out, to become conscious. I'm entering the house of Allah Taala to feel that awe, that azmat of the house of Allah Taala. When that awe is in the heart and the ghaflat is not there about where I'm going, now how do I enter? I have to enter in the correct way. I have to enter in the way that Rasulullah Sallallahu taught. Enter with the right foot. Enter with reciting durood and then with the dua. Allahumma ftahli abwaaba rahmatik. And now make the niyat of nafil atikaf. Now the person is there one hour in the masjid and his meter of atikaf is turning for him. Now he's learning how to turn the figures for akhirat. Now there's so much that can be earned, but just a little bit of consciousness coming out of this ghaflat. The person in the evening now recites three times, A'udhu Billahi Sami'i Al-Aleem Min Ash-Shaytan Al-Rajeem And then the last ayat of Surah Al-Hashr, Huwa Allahu Alladhi La Ilaha Illahu Alim Al-Ghaybi Wa Shahada Till the End. Now how long it took? What was the effort involved in it? How much it cost him? Cost him nothing. Efforts. Can't even call it effort. So easy. 
hardly any time, few seconds, half a minute, one minute at the most. But 70,000 angels are now appointed to make dua and for him. From the time he recited it till the next morning. How he received this? Just saving himself from the ghaflat. And if he passes away in the cause of that night, he passes away as a shaheed. How he got this reward? Just keeping his ghaflat out. And getting involved in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And he recited it in the morning, 70,000 angels till the evening are making dua and maghfirat for him. And the same aspect that if he passed away in the cause of that day, mata shaheedan, he passes away as a shaheed. What did he quiet? How much of time? How much of sacrifice he had to make to get this? Nothing, nothing at all. Without any difficulty, with utmost ease. But how, how come he lost out on this day in and day out? Ghaflat. Whereas we heard about it, we heard about it so often. We know about it, we know the virtue of it. But if ghaflat sets in, ghaflat becomes the rukawat, the mani', the obstacle, the hurdle. Now that ghaflat became a curtain on veil over the heart, and such great rewards could have been earned with such minimal effort, but got lost. Due to what? Ghaflat. And now on the other side, the ghaflat then leads to the sins. On the one side, it deprives him of what he could have earned, and on the other side, it starts leading him towards haram and sin. So, the ilaj kasrat e zikr, to start remembering Allah Ta'ala excessively, some dedicated time, and then over and above that, all these askar, du'as, taking Allah's name repeatedly. Then the very important thing in this ayat, there are many, many aspects, but just to finish off on this time is already run out. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا To start off with Allah said, وَصْبِرْ نَفْسَكْ You remain in this group, and don't ever join that group. What we understood from this, that where a person now, Nabi Islam is masoom and sinless, but the message is for his ummad. That which group you are going to be in, that's going to determine whether you're going to be among the zakirin or ghafilin. If you're going to be among wasbir nafsaka ma'alladina yad'una rabbahum mil ghadati wal ashi, you're going to become among the zakirin, among those who remember Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, among the muqarrabin, among the muhsineen. And if you go into this group, those who Allah ta'ala, they are far from Allah Ta'ala, their hearts are in ghaflat. Allah is saying, don't follow this. Otherwise, what taba'ahawa? Then you're going to start following desires also. Ghaflat? I'm ghaflat following of desires. And then exceeding all bounds. amruhu furuta. And then a person forgets, forgets his Musalman. Allah forbid he forgets his insan also. Then that ghaflat and this takabur, it will lead to zulm. It leads to all kinds of evil and vices. And a person then just drops so low that Allah forbid, let alone Musalman, Insan also don't drop so low. So this is the very important aspect, the company, what company a person keeps. Now this is not just restricted to human company. The company, what company a person is keeping with in terms of those devices, in the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned in the Rewaith of Abu Dawud Sharif, Manittaba Ashayda Ghafala. Now, this has to be understood. This is what this refers to the one who follows the prey, meaning he is trying to hunt it down, is following it, he becomes Ghafil. 
Even the Sahaba Ikram hunted for food sometimes. What this refers to is that this becomes like how you have people now having different hobbies. So now somebody's hobby is hunting, fishing and some other things. And then it becomes a passion and that starts dictating life now. Everything starts revolving around that. The person will be the whole week, he'll be working for the weekend. For what? For that passion. That leads to ghaflat. And it leads to ghaflat from deen, lead to ghaflat from his family. He'll forget about Allah Ta'ala. He'll forget about his children also. He'll only be consumed by his passion. That passion, which is just this kind of passion. One is, somebody becomes passionate about deen, but this passion, and now he just goes deeper and deeper into that, that starts dictating what he'll do, when he'll do, how he'll do. Now, if this is what has been warned against in the Hadith Sharif, whereas this is not something a person can be doing all the time, he'll have to find time for it, he'll have to go somewhere for it. So can we imagine now, this is in the light of this Hadith Sharif, and what this is warning against, what about that following that prey of whatever we're trying to find for ourselves in terms of what is on these devices? That is now once in a while you have to go somewhere to go and pursue that passion of his and drive somewhere and go and find some suitable spot somewhere. And this is all the time with him. And he's consumed by it. And day and night and while eating and while trying to fall asleep and at any time and every time this forget he is following any prey he has become the prey of it. And it has grabbed him in his tentacles. Now he forgot Allah Ta'ala, forgot his wife, forgot his children, forgot everybody. Whether it is salah time, he's still caught up in it. And whether it is eating time too, he's still busy with it. And whether it is any time, that's it. So this is that ghaflat, to where it leads and how far it takes a person away. So this is a very, very important lesson that is being given to us, Imam Ghazali is giving us, that be very conscious about this. And not just be conscious and then do what? It means an effort has to be made to treat these maladies. And when a person has some physical ailment, so now he's finding out, where can I get this treatment? Who will help me? Who will sort it out for me? Whatever else guidance he requires. But for the spiritual ailments, it might just happen. Something will just happen somewhere. Something will just come right. So that, that just doesn't, there's no, no consistency in this. For the physical ailment, there's so much of effort, so much of concern, so much of trying to find the right people who will be able to deal with this matter for us. And on the spiritual side, we're just waiting for something to happen, some karamat from somewhere. This requires effort. It requires submitting ourselves to our mashayikh, to taking their advice, to submitting ourselves to the point where that we have now taken full direction and guidance. If we are told even to do something that doesn't gel with, with us in terms of, we feel now this is like not in keeping with my great position, my status, I'm now being brought lower down, so what? After all, that is what we have to try and inculcate within ourselves, that humility, that submission. So this is the ilad, this is the treatment. We have to submit ourselves. In this way, inshallah, this heart will get cleaned out. The cleanliness of this heart is what will lead to clean amal, and the clean amal is what will lead to 
the doors of Jannat and take us into Jannat with the fuzzle of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala cleanse our hearts out from all this pride, this ghaflat, all the ailments of the heart. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with His muhabbat, fill our hearts with His khashiyat, with taqwa, and all the beautiful attributes. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِ تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل
forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah make us your true and loyal servants ya allah allah make us the loyal ummahs of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah enable us to follow in his mubarak way of life ya allah allah save us from the ways of the yahud and nasara ya allah allah save us from the ways from the any of the enemies of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah allah grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jamaa ya allah allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah allah grant us such a salah with which you are pleased with ya allah allah fill our hearts with the importance of salah ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah grant us the tawfiq of reciting the quran sharif daily ya allah enable us to be forever in your remembrance ya allah keep our tongues moist in your remembrance ya allah kill keep our hearts beating with your remembrance ya allah ilahul alamin save us from ghaflat ya allah remove the ghaflat from our hearts ya allah remove the pride from our hearts ya allah remove the malice and jealousy ya allah remove the arrogance ya allah remove the love of dunya ya allah remove the love of the ego ya allah fill our hearts with your mohabbat ya allah fill our hearts with your mohabbat ya allah fill our hearts with your mohabbat ya allah allahumma arzuqna hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amali yuqarribuna ila hubbik allahumma ij'al hubbaka ahabba ilayna min anfusina wa ahlina wa min al-ma'il barid ilahu al-alamin ya allah all those who are sick of the shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah. Allah those in any kind of difficulties and hardships remove it with afiyat ya Allah. Those are in financial problems remove it with afiyat ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq ya Allah. Ilahul alamin save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah. Allah you keep us steadfast on sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Save us from all the deviations ya Allah. Save us and our progenies and the entire ummah from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah from the fitna of shamelessness ya Allah from the fitna of worldly all all the worldly things ya Allah of all the evils and vices ya Allah from the fitna of the love of dunya ya Allah from the fitna of all the shamelessness and immorality and vice ya Allah ilahul alamin protect us and protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah whatever we have asked for ya Allah out of your grace and mercy grant it to us ya Allah what we should have been asking for we did not ask ya Allah bless us with that as well ya Allah and all those who raised their hands with this dua all who asked us to make dua for them ilahul alamin bless them with every khair and barakah ya Allah bless them with the best of dunya and akhirah ya Allah ya Allah fulfill all their pious aspirations ya Allah fulfill their jaiz needs from your khazana ghayb ya Allah ilahul alamin grant each one the best of dunya and akhirah ya Allah Allah our greatest need is to become yours ya Allah make us yours ya Allah you become ours ya Allah Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-adhi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in walhamdulillah